Welcome to episode 127 of the Essential Wrestling Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. I'm John DeConti, keeping the driver's seat warm for our buddy Al Carl, who's off doing grown-up things. And we're to, we're here to take you through the week that was and preview a big upcoming week of wrestling action, powered as always by the Eastern Observer. You can feel the power. Here with me, staying up late across the pond, is our expert on all things UK and soon to be all of Europe, Gary Maheffy. Gary, how you doing tonight? I am doing well and i'm gonna be in my best behavior tonight obviously no uh no mockery of anybody this week i wouldn't do that i'm too polite <laughs> who would even think to make such a suggestion no i know <laughs> also with us is our resident nxt guru and number four john smith john how are you tonight sir as you can see, I'm not wearing my Jets jersey this week. We've come back down to earth. Back in fourth place, right where we uh, where we belong. <laughs> where our initials are carved. <laughs> well, speaking of football, I know this is a wrestling show, but again, just like a couple of weeks ago, I promise it'll come back around to wrestling. <laughs> I have a couple of catchphrases in life that usually when I, like I want to kick myself when I hear them come out of my own mouth. Like when I'm dealing with uh, anyone on the telephone trying to get, you know, try to place an order or do anything like that, I always wind up bitching and moaning. Ah, nobody takes pride in their job anymore. Nobody does their job anymore. And I want to slap myself when I hear myself say stuff like that because it sounds like get off my lawn. Mm-hmm. But one of my personal catchphrases that was once again uh, given credit and uh, a little boost this week was that everything is better when you add wrestling. John Smith, did you get a chance to catch the peep this on Monday night? <laughs> I did not see that. No, that's awesome. Your best friend gave a big hug to uh, Stone Cold Stone Cold George Kittle, and gave him uh, uh, a custom made San Francisco Giants helmet esque lucha mask. Was that actually Penta or no? Yeah, that was legitimately Penta, and uh, they even they had. Uh, I take this silly thing down. Oh wow, his name's there. I see. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and and even better than that, to give credit where credits due, uh, Joe Buck of all people announced him as Pentagon Junior. Even with the graphic right up there saying that that you know, his name was something else, but he called him Pentagon Junior, which also gave me a chuckle. So does that mean that that Joe Buck is a wrestling fan? And he knew him as Pentagon Jr.? Perhaps. <laughs> That's what I'm led to believe. Word. Anywho, so that was really cool because, again, everything is better when you sprinkle in a little wrestling. All right. On tonight's show, we've got Raw setting the table for most of Survivor Series. Uh, and not to be outdone by FIFA, SmackDown has some of their very own World Cup action going on. And they'll handle the last little bit of business leading up to Survivor Series War Games. Impact delivered a very entertaining overdrive special, uh, but like we always like to bust on them, Impact going to Impact. They did a little bit of that right at the end of that show, I feel. 
And uh, we'll talk about AEW's big full gear card and the dozens upon dozens of title belts that were on the line for that. We'll close the show with that. But NXT will start us off, as has been uh, the case most of the time recently. There are two huge title matches from last week and another big one coming up tonight. Uh Uh-oh. John bailed out on us. Yeah, I think he's frozen there. Yeah, he'll he'll be back. Hopefully. Uh, and of course, our picks are sponsored by, because I'm really good at doing this, <laughs> ProWrestlingPick'em.com. Play against your friends, play against the universe. Oh, goodness gracious. Okay, here are the raw roll-ups, if I can find it. Here are the raw roll-ups for last week. We had AEW with a four-roll-up lead on Raw. Uh, we got Impact Lane in the weeds, looking to make a, a run. NXT UK still looking solid there, as I said before. Been no roll-ups since, like, August time. That's, that's, that's good booking. I mean, you know, it's just a solid show every time, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's jump into things with NXT as I keep my eye out. Okay, wait, we got a private chat here. Okay, I'm just waiting on John to come back and join us. I did manage to take the names off, so we're not doing that for right now. Unfortunately, I don't have – how the hell do you put the, uh, the the natural ones back up? I forget how to do that. Oh, here we go. There we oh. go. Because I, I don't think we've got a, a one-in-one with you and me, Gar. This is all my this is all my secret plan to get rid of them. Just <laughs> Last week was step one. This is step two. It's all coming together. Okay, so last week from the Performance Center, uh, we had a uh, we had a big title match. We'll get back around to that. After the title match, we had Apollo Cruz chatting with. Uh, whoops, hold on just a second. I think I'm gonna have to take you out, sir. Bring you back in and you back in. All right. Hey, I'm sorry about that. My computer's whacked out. Uh, mine did that about five minutes before I saw you guys, uh, you know, uh, pre-show. So believe me, I feel your pain. All right, let's get the right stuff back up here. There we go. Okay, NXT, starting last week. Let's go right to the main event because it was a big one. John Smith, you had Braun Breaker defending the NXT championship against Von Wagner. Break it down for us, sir. Yes, and while it was the main event, it did start off the show. It's uh, I, I was I liked to see that because you know typically on a title match, you know how long it's going to go because you know when the show's ending. But the the women got that treatment this show, and uh, you know the men got to you know just just go for it. And you know what I mean, Von. I, I feel like he looks the part, but he doesn't he, he doesn't play the part very well in that ring yet. And you know, there's not much to be not much good to be said about this match. It was just two big guys going at it. It was average. It wasn't there weren't any botches, but there wasn't anything like crazy to be said about it. Um, you know, at one point we got a nice spinning neck breaker from uh from Von Wagner that looked pretty cool, but um at the end of it, Von was holding up uh or yeah, Vaughn picked up Braun for what looked like he was going to do another spinning neckbreaker type thing, and Braun just slipped off his back, bounced off the rope, spear, one, two, three, and still your 
NXT men, World Heavyweight Champion, Braun Breaker. When's it going to end? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Braun, now Braun, uh, you know, it, Wagner put him through it. So uh, after the match, I think they we went to commercial, we came back. We saw Braun kind of like take a knee backstage, like he was kind of exhausted and he was staring at his belt. And his old buddy J.D. McDonough came up and said, basically, uh, you know, you're never going to be done with me, right? So you got a little bit of that there. Then later in the show, you got Apollo Crews coming up to Braun Breaker in the locker room and telling him he came back for one reason, and it's the NXT title. And now that, you know, one challenge is done, the next challenge begins. Well, speaking of those two gentlemen, Apollo Crews and J.D. McDonough, they were going to fight about things because I guess both of them want a shot at that title, clearly. Gary, how did this one work out? It was it was really – it's what you'd expect, a really good match from, from two really, really talented wrestlers. Um, when they, they, they started off, obviously, there was a, lot, a big sort of slightly Japanese. They started a lot of chops at the start, um, and McDonald got knocked out, of, knocked out of the ring and, and thrown into the announce table. Um, you had JD uh, given uh, stomping on Apollo Crews, but he sent him to the outside and then did a moonsault onto him. And, and inside the ring, you had JD doing a Spanish fly, followed by a headbutt. And I always actually rewind JD McDonald's headbutts just to see how he does it because they look really vicious to see where he slapped or if he slapped. I'm not sort of a geek to see how he does it. Um, it was fantastic. But as we come right through the end and they're battling each other, you had JD hitting a sunset flip, um, hit Paul Cruz into the ropes, but Cruz rolled out of the way um, as JD had gone to the top rope and ended, Apollo Cruz ended up delivering what, I'm not really sure how to describe it, like a pop-up urinagi, pop-up chokeslam, pop-up, not really sure rock bottom what it was, um, but took him and Apollo Cruz wins it with the one, two, three. Yes, indeed. So, uh, so Apollo Cruz and then uh, Braun came out uh, into the aisle to kind of lock eyes with Apollo. So, obviously, those two are on a collision course. We've got deadline a couple weeks away. Yeah, that's probably going to be your match. But who knows? Maybe JD makes things interesting. We get another triple threat. We'll see how that works out. And then we had some, you know, non-essential stuff going on backstage. But one one bit that actually really made me laugh was a. Uh, we had our boy, Big Body Javi. He was uh, <laughs> backstage with McKenzie, and he said he's not waiting to get booked anymore. He's going to start calling people out, and he's starting with Axiom. And McKenzie tells him that he's injured. So, all right, fine. Give me that Dragonoff guy. Yeah, he's back in Germany rehabbing from another injury. All right, then just give me anyone from Gallus. <laughs> the guys that are suspended until further notice. He gets completely frustrated, looks at her, and I i don't know where he was going with this, but it probably gave me the hardest chuckle of the whole thing. He's like, you're part of the problem. You know that? <laughs> he just walks away. <laughs> now, I don't know if this was just fortuitous timing, but I think right after that was another Dijakovic, whatever he's going to be called, uh, vignette. His heart just is on its way. And not too far from that, was another scripts vignette where he says he got in the building, blah, blah, blah. He's going to, and this is, he's going to be here this week. And who's going to play my little game. So I'm hoping Javi gets fed to one of those guys as they're you know, welcome to the performance center match. 
and it's an absolute squash because once again that will just make me chuckle <laughs> uh we had a nice little moment where uh odyssey jones was talking to anafi and blade and they were busting blades chops about his ugly sweater vest we found out that was a tribute to his dad who liked to dress real snazzy and i think the first thing he bought him was a nice sweater vest so now he wears them in tribute to dad uh, but then we got to the actual main event in terms of placement. It was your women's NXT title match. It was last woman standing. Gary, tell us all about it. Yeah, and this is like we were talking about um, before we started. This is one of these matches where you go, how do you recap it? What do you leave out? What do you not leave out? Um, it was brutal. They were going for... A lot of chairs. There was a toolbox grab from under the ring at one point by Alba Fire. Um, the crowd were into it, but it was always a very WWE, obviously, crowd chanting for tables and stuff as well. Um, you had Mandy Rose going for a bicycle kick, but Alba Fire holds up the chair and Mandy goes into it. Um, they were outside. There's a lot of sort of stuff and reverses it, whips into the barricade with the referees trying to count to 10, but they were both getting up. Um, Alba Fire sort of returned favor to Mandy Rose, sending her over the barricade and into the ring steps. And then the say both they got up at nine then. Um, but as we come towards the end of it, there was a, a ladder set up next to the announce table, and um, you had Mandy Rose set on top of the, the announce desk with Alba Fire getting ready to, to just splash her or elbow or do something. And as she climbed up the ladder, who should appear at the top of it? But one of the NXT originals, Ida Dawn, who was there, spit, she spit mist in her face uh, like she was Tajiri <laughs> and pushed Alba Fire off the, off the ladder. Mandy moved. Alba goes into the announce desk. Referee counts. Mandy gets their feet, but Alba doesn't. And Mandy retains, and she appears to be our definite forever champion here. <laughs> you know, I, I thought last week was finally going to be the moment because it was yeah. the second try for Alba. And yes, I I think what it turned out being is that Vince, well, not Vince, uh, Sean or Paul or Triple H, whoever's booking NXT now, laughing in my face and I keep voting against Mandy. And now not only is she continuing to retain, but I think you're right. I think she has now taken the title of forever champion because yeah. they just won't take the goddamn belt off. Right? And I have, I have to say, I noticed this at the premium live event and on this show, I think this sounds really silly and not that I was focused on this. Obviously, can we just clarify this? <laughs> I think she needs slightly new ring gear because she spends half the time when she's on her back trying to make sure that she doesn't do a Janet Jackson yeah. and she's forever pulling at her top to make sure that nothing appears. So I'm going, if that's the case, I think you need slightly different ring gear just to make sure you, so you can keep your modesty covered, so to speak. You shut your mouth, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> I know John's busy making gifts. Left, right, so. <laughs> like, well, you, wonder, you ever wonder who makes all those nip slip gifts? It's this guy right here. <laughs> and we thank you for it. Uh, so yes, Mandy and the top the ladies from Toxic Attraction apparently will kick off the show tonight. Gee, I wonder what they'll have to say. <laughs> uh, speaking of the women's division, last week we got uh, the inevitable. I just beat up my tag team partner. Zoe Stark came out and explained 
why she had to go after Nikita because she needed to get the dead weight off of her back and blah, 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 blah. And I got to be honest with you, as much as I bust Bianca's chops for being a completely unbelievable baby face every time she picks up the microphone, I wasn't sure it was possible to be this unbelievable as a heel as Zoe Stark is. Oof, it was, you know, God love her for trying, but what are we doing here? What do we got here? Oh, look at this. Topsy, surprise you. Yeah, I, mm. man, I thought for sure Blair was taking that title back then. Boy, didn't we all feel silly afterwards. Are you finally going to put some respect on Mandy Rose's name? <laughs> There's always been respect there and maybe a little bit of something else too, but. I just, I just don't understand why she still has the title. Anyway, it doesn't seem like anybody's in line to take it next either. Yeah. Exactly. Like you, you, you look, you look down the line, you look down the roster, and you see the, the people who have already had a shot at her, and there have been a couple of people that would have been believable to supplant her as champ. I don't know who's coming next. Uh, anywho. Then we moved on to the big, big announcement from Shawn Michaels, general manager. Uh, and again, I give I give credit where credit's due because it's not every day you get a quote-unquote new match. But NXT has come up with what they are calling the Iron Survivor. I, maybe I'll get this right one time. Iron Survivor Challenge Match. It will debut at deadline. It will be a match. Uh, there will be one for the men. There will be one for the women. Each one will contain five superstars. It will have the uh, Royal Rumble feel to it where two people will start and then people will come in at five-minute intervals until uh, all five are in the ring. Full, however, falls count starting at any time, pinfall, submission, and DQ. And the idea is to rack up the most points slash pin. So every time you get a pin, or you're on the you know the, the business end of a chair shot, or you uh, get a submission, you get a point. The person who swung the chair or took the pin or did the tapping then goes into the penalty box for 90 seconds. And again, it's only 25 minutes long. So at the end of 25 minutes, whoever has the most points is the winner of the match. And as the winner, you are now the number one contender in your division. So uh, they're, they're borrowing, you know, they're borrowing cool things like the penalty box idea from Impact, but managing not to put it in a match as stupid as the reverse ladder match. And the participants will be announced over the next, I think there's only two shows before deadline, uh, maybe a third show, I'm not sure. But yeah, no one's been announced so far. So everyone, I guess, pretty much is going to be working on getting themselves into this match because there's. Right now, there's no criteria. There's no qualifying matches set up, but we'll see how that goes going forward. Yeah, there's three three shows, including tonight. There you go. Okay. You I'd go. say Grayson Waller and Indy Hartwell win their matches. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I see big things for, you know, it looks like Indy's getting that push. Yeah. Uh, so, uh Getting back to last week in the going away from the singles, going into the tag team division, we had the in-ring return of Indusheer. John Smith, why don't you tell us all about this one? Yeah, Indusheer against Inaction. We, mm -hmm. I don't remember their names. Their names are not relevant because they did not land one offensive maneuver, I, I don't believe. Um, I, I don't remember seeing one at least. 
you know, uh, Sanga and Veer just back and forth tagging on the on the first inaction, and then they throw him over to the corner, and Veer tells inaction number two to tag in, who then just stands there and doesn't do anything because he's in fear and doesn't want to come in. Veer grabs his arm and smacks <laughs> smacks inaction one with inaction two's hand. And then throws him like a spear face first into the ring onto the mat. Like, no flip, nothing. Just falling face first. And more brutality ensues. And with a, a pretty weak finisher by end of share compared to all the brutality they were dishing out throughout the match. It's basically just like a second rope falling chop, like single axe handle to while, do, while a backbreaker is happening. And... Yeah, we got we we got. Uh, I mean, Veer seems vicious, and Sanga is just like he's getting there, but he's not he's not there just yet. If it seems. Yeah, and and afterwards, uh, they called out, kind of called out the creeds. They basically told the creeds, the reason we're coming for you is because everyone seems to respect you, but they don't respect us. So sorry to tell you, we have to destroy you so that we can take that respect. And uh, we cut backstage. The Creeds are in the dojo. They're not afraid. They don't care who they've got to beat on their way back towards Pretty Deadly in the tag titles. Into Shears, just another rung on the ladder for them. I just have to say, sorry, before we leave, that could be like the NXT version of the Dark Order as a tag team, the Inactions. I said <laughs> we have Inaction 1 and Inaction 2. <laughs> that would be... <laughs> I just sat and laughed, John, whenever you were like, he took an action one and they had it in the action two to take it. I could just imagine them on commentary talking. Imagine Booker T. Oh dear. Oh dear. I was just picturing them with the the, the t-shirts from the cartoons, the thing one and thing two. Like, you know, like have, own, have their own special logo and whatnot. And in case anyone from their family is listening, let's give a tip of the cap to George Cannon and Ariel Dominguez, aka in action one and two. <laughs> Uh, we had another tag match uh, between the Dyad and Josh Briggs and Brooke Jensen. Uh, this match, it's its weird. This match was more about setting up the females because as it was only a three-and-a-half-minute match, uh, the Dyad won with not quite – no, I'm looking at the wrong match there. There we go. That Well, it was only a four-minute match. There you go. Uh, they didn't quite hit the ticket to mayhem. They kind of grabbed uh, – who was it? Uh, Briggs's head and brought them it was kind of like a double code breaker uh, but the match was more about the fact that Kiana James came down to ringside she threw a, a haymaker at Fallon Henley and they kind of did their thing outside and they caused a distraction that led to the double code breaker and the win for the dyad uh, we also had a match between Indy Hartwell and Tatum Paxley where Indy now, Tatum Paxley, I guess, broke her nose, hurt her face whatever, she's wearing one of those cages and Indy she kind of accidentally tore the mask off, like yeah, taking a swipe at her head. And it, it's, again, there's, there doesn't seem to be a lot of ill intent there, but she kind of tossed the the mask out to Ivy Nile, who of course comes to the ring with Tatum Paxley. And then Indy would win with a forearm shiver to the back of the head. Backstage, Roxanne Perez came up to Indy again and said to her like, I ah, don't, you know, don't you think it was going a little too far to rip her mask off? And once again, Indy told her, you know, I'm just trying to get in the uh, Iron Survivor Challenge. I'm just, you know, I'm trying to move up the card here. 
leave me alone. Don't, I'm not worried about friends. I'm worried about moving towards a title. Uh, we had a digital exclusive where Electra Lopez saw uh, Roxy and Indy kind of arguing backstage off camera too. So look for that to come. It's not officially booked for tonight, but I'm sure we're going to see it in the next couple of weeks. But talking about those two separate incidents in the women's division brings us around to a pick for tonight where Ivy Nile will be taking on Kiana James, who took the swipe at Fallon Henley. John Smith, NXT guru, who you got in this one? Ivy Nile and Kiana James. Um, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go with the better wrestler on this one. I'm going with Ivy Nile. Yeah, we. Uh, Grizzly Young Veterans away from Gacy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, yeah. Anything that gets uh, GYV on the TV is okay with me. But uh, I'm sorry, John. Getting back to you, you had Ivy Nile because she is the better wrestler. And uh, yeah, that's basically my tiebreaker when I can't figure it out. It's like I'll take the better person. <laughs> exactly. I don't know where the hell they're going with this storyline, but this one, uh, you know, this one's the better wrestler. I will agree with you, Gary. What say you, Ivy Nile and Kiana James? I'll go with the opposite then. I'll go Kiana James because she's sticking her nose into a few storylines at the minute, and I think they're so for whatever reason she'll she'll ache this one out. Okay. Well, hopefully she gets a little uh, outside uh, help from her uh, assistant, oh, yeah. uh, Gianna or Giovanna, whatever they're going to wind up calling her. When the win call her by name. The winner is definitely me then. Yes, indeed. Yes. Every time she pops up on the screen, which is not consistent, the winner is us. Uh, then we had uh, Duke Hudson backstage. He had to explain to Andre Chase why he threw in the towel the previous <laughs> Uh, he said he, he knew that Andre had no quit in him and he just couldn't stand to see his mentor suffer because Chase, you would be nothing without their leader. I'm not entirely sure Andre was buying it, but Thea Hale seems to be, uh, buying in. She said he's kind of growing on her, which will make it all that much more glorious when Duke inevitably screws them over somehow. Uh, Wendy Chu was also backstage with Mackenzie. Uh, she called Cora Jade a petulant child uh, and told her she should take a look in the mirror. But wait until next week when you've got two black eyes because tonight we're going to get Cora Jade and Wendy Chu one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, Gary, how do you see this one working out? I have two things about this. Number one, I don't want to recap this next week. And number two, because I, mean, I love obviously Wendy too. I'm going Cora Jade. I think she's there's the future of the the division on the main roster. Never mind here. Um, I, I really do her and Roxanne. I think will be so. I am saying Cora Jade. All right. Well, you've now guaranteed yourself you'll be breaking that down next week. And John Smith, what do you think of this match? Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I agree. There, uh, Cora Jade definitely is the future of this division. Whoever's the next champ, it'll probably be just be a transitional champ to get it to Cora Jade because they won't have Mandy versus Cora. Um, but yeah, Cora's gonna gonna win this one. Wendy's gonna fall asleep <laughs> <laughs> and put us to sleep in the in the meanwhile. No, no, no that would just. I be... think that needs to be Wendy choose finisher, like they go to sleep. I think that's what she needs. Like she should be taking that as her finisher. Actually. How how is that not the case already? Why do we have to continue to keep booking for these people? <laughs> so all those women are moving towards uh, being amongst the five superstars are going to be in that uh, Iron Survivor Challenge. 
Uh, two people who are not really worried about that just yet because they're already fighting for a belt this week. They sat down with Booker T last week. That would be Carmelo Hayes and Wes Lee. They signed their contract for the North American Championship uh, title match. Uh, you know, Melo did his whole spiel about he's obsessed with being the A champion. Wesley got a nice line in when he told him he had to wrap his head around being the X champion. Uh, but everything was still kind of, you know, friendly until Trick Williams had to start running his mouth. And then things almost got physical. But Booker T put a squash on that immediately. That's not happening in one of his segments. They signed the contracts. They're moving on tonight in what I have to uh, assume is going to be the main event. Wesley, your North American champion, defending against Carmelo Hayes. John Smith, how do you see this one breaking down? That's tonight, huh? Um, I'm going to go with Wes. I, Carmelo's got to move on, I think. He's, you know, have a couple, couple, you know, high quality feuds, and then move into a world title feud or something. You know, Wesley still still needs to get that victory over him, and I think he'll get it now. And you know, maybe he'll even cheat a little bit to do it, you sure. know, just to protect Melo a little bit while he moves on. You know. Yeah. There you go, Gary. What say you, sir? Uh, yeah. Wesley or Melo. I think this will be the Booker T shucky ducky quack quack match of the night. He'll sneak that in somewhere. I I say this to you, I could I could see them on the one hand going with Mello because as John's saying he's right, they're gonna move him up the card, so giving him a belt to kind of get him there. But at the same time, I do think that it'll be a win for, for Wesley, and as John says, possibly some sort of slightly underhanded way just to kind of get one over on him. But yeah, maybe we get tricks screwing up and costing mellow or something like that something to protect mellow as he's headed upwards even if he's not taking this title all right that's gonna do it for nxt let's uh jump back a little bit and go to uh friday night on smackdown uh we started with a world cup match between ricochet and mustafa ali uh, Ricochet wins with the shooting star press in a very good uh, little more than 11-minute match. Afterwards, New Day is backstage with Kayla. They're disappointed at uh, losing their record, uh, but they're going to fight on. Imperium interrupts. They say New Day is everything that's wrong with wrestling. And New Day say they're offended. They're going to find a partner, and let's fight about it. Gary, how did this one work out? New Day found themselves a partner, and they took on Imperium. That they did. Their partner was Braun Strowman. As he, as he was making his way down the aisle, Imperium decided to kind of start the brawl before he got there. And we ended up with um, Kofi was about to do a trust fall off the top, but he got caught. And Kaiser and Vinci slammed him into the apron. And as, as I nearly said, as Tiger Woods, I genuinely did, as, as, uh, as, as Xavier Woods was rolling across the ring. Um, so I was just looking at my notes and I was thinking of something else as well and almost genuinely almost said Tiger Woods um, as Xavier Woods was running across to dive on to them uh, Gunther gave him a chop now a lot of the match was Gunther avoiding Braun Strowman they were trying to keep the two sort of big guys apart um, but as it came to the end you had Braun doing his, his charge around the ring um, the, and going around and he was chasing Gunther and he ended up he um, hit Gunther with a spine buster but he kicked out um, Kofi took out uh, Ludwig Kaiser with a, a crossbody, tagged in Xavier Woods, but 
Um, they ended up nailing Kaiser, Ludwig Kaiser, with the Midnight Hour, and the New Day and Braun Strowman took the win. Yes, indeed. Uh, later on, we had uh, Strowman backstage with Kayla. He's looking forward to getting his hands on Gunther when it's just one-on-one after he goes ahead and wins the World Cup. Well, Ricochet was nearby, and he didn't want uh, Braun to start looking right past him. And I, I guess I'm assuming this came out of something Braun said on social yeah. media. He yeah. said, you know, basically don't look past the flippy flippers. Uh, your words, not mine, Braun. Uh, so, and Braun just kind of rolled his eyes. So obviously he's got, you know, the big guys got unkind things to say about the small guys on social media. Not a big surprise there. However, that leads us to this week where Ricochet and Braun will meet in a world cup semifinal. Uh, John Smith, let's bring you into the conversation. Why don't you pick this one first for us? I can't imagine a world where Ricochet beats, Braun Strowman, so I got to go with Braun here. <laughs> yeah, I can't say that I blame you. Uh, Gary, what say you, sir? I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to say that with the, the interplay between Braun and Gunther from last week, that at some point during the match, Gunther gets involved and ends up taking out Braun, and so almost without Ricochet knowing it, something has happened, and then Ricochet will, will beat him. Okay. Okay, I can see that. That that'd be that would certainly be an entertaining storyline. Yeah, maybe uh, Gunther, maybe Gunther attacks Ricochet to get to mm-hmm. get Braun disqualified. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I'm gonna go chalk and say Strowman too because unfortunately they're not listening to all our good ideas here sometimes. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had our uh, our weekly Bray Wyatt segment where he came to the ring and. Uh, he called out L.A. Knight, said he wanted to apologize for the headbutt last week. He, and once again, he's constantly fighting against his uh, his worser demons. Uh, L.A. Knight came out, pretended like he was going to accept the apology just to get close enough to slap Bray Wyatt. And uh, credit to Wyatt, you know, like facial expressions are a lot in wrestling. You know, you can do a lot just with your eyes and with your face. If if I'm going to murder you, had a face. <laughs> it, that's the look that Bray Wyatt gave LA Knight. And, but then he decided to give him a pass. I said, okay, I'm going to let you get that one. I get the head belt last week. Now we're even. But shake my hand and accept. LA Knight, okay, I'll shake your hand. Slapped him again and then ha- hightailed it. Uh, then we see LA Knight backstage a few moments later. He's kind of on his way out the door. He, let's not kid ourselves he's kind of running he got stopped mm-hmm. backstage by who was it megan i think uh, uh and uh megan morant asked him you know hey, are you running away he's like hey no i'm i punched the clock i'm done for the day i'm going home don't you go home after you're done with the work and the whole time he's holding the door open and there's just a black nothingness beyond we don't see outside we don't see a hallway it's just black and then we see a little figure a masked figure in the background that la knight doesn't see he fi- finishes talking to megan he takes off into the black void. The door closes. We come back from a commercial break, and he's now in a fully lit hallway, but he is just buried under every piece of garbage and chairs and cables and anything they could find backstage in an arena. And, gee, we just don't know who beat him up and left <laughs> him. Uh, anywho, later in the evening, we had a match between Shotzi and Shayna Baszler. 
uh, about four minutes into this not quite five minute match, <laughs> Raquel came out to ringside and she didn't do anything. She just kind of stood there. But I guess the distraction, uh, Shayna, I guess, was showing off. She set up to stomp on Shotzi's elbow and break her arm and whatnot. But Shotzi got out of the way, uh, rolled her up for the one, two, three. And then her and Raquel hightailed it out of there to stay away from not only Shayna, but her second at ringside, Ronda Rousey. That leads us to tonight, where we will get a tag match between all those players uh, I just previously mentioned. Gary, how do you see this one working out between Raquel and Shotzi taking on Ronda and Shayna? I'm going to say Raquel and Shotzi go over because I think they need to kind of give her something as she's going towards Ronda because everybody's kind of going, Ronda's going to walk over her on Saturday. So they need just something to at least put a little bit of doubt in people's minds. So I think they'll go that way. All right. John Smith, what say you? I'm going to go the other way with it. Uh, Shotzi just got her uh, her raw roll-up on on Shayna this past week. What is Shayna getting rolled up by Raquel this time? Or like, uh, I don't know. I, I think... Since Ronda's in the match, Ronda should Ronda will end up taking the victory in some fashion. Okay, uh, I'm gonna side with uh, Gary on this one. I think, uh, uh, yeah, I think <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised to see Shotzi roll up Shayna again. We we do know that it is Shayna's kryptonite, but uh, <laughs> I, I think they'll give Shotzi some kind of the ever you know the the always important momentum going into this big match to try and sell you on the fact that she's got a snowball's chance in hell at survivor series okay the show opened with uh, the brutes and uh, their buddy drew mcintyre coming to the ring Sheamus asked drew to officially be an honorary brute and join him for uh war games of course he accepted but who will be the fifth man Sami Zayn came out to interrupt them and say it doesn't matter because the bloodline doesn't care who the fifth man is. The bloodline doesn't care who any of them are. He guaranteed the bloodline would win war games. Backstage, Jay Uso chewed out Sammy for running his mouth. And that seemed kind of the opposite way around from the mm -hmm. usual things. Jimmy calmed everyone down. Uh, and then we'll get back to that a little bit later because... Something happens kind of in between here that we need to cover, too. Uh, we had ourselves uh, a match between Karrion Cross and Madcap Moss. Now, last time, Cross choked out Moss. Uh, Moss was still selling that he could barely talk. It had been a while. Emma, who seems to be crushing on Madcap Moss, told him to use his speed to beat the big man, brought him a bottle of water for his scratchy throat, and eventually Moss with a big smile on his face because a pretty girl, you know, uh, gave him a boost. He headed out there. And John Smith, tell us what happened when he met up with Karrion Cross again. Yeah, Emma gave him some good advice to use his speed against Cross. And when that bell rang, he came right at him and beat him into the corner. And then the ref pulled him off and he backed off and then juked the referee and went right back and kept beating him up and threw him out of the ring and then back into the ring and, Cross got in a, like a suplex or two, and then Moss took over again and threw him out, and then Scarlet got in the way, and that gave Cross the upper hand for a second. They went, they got back in the ring. Cross threw on the Cross jacket while standing, and Moss picked him up and slammed him to the ground. Cross sold it for about a half a second, and then he popped up 
and locked him right back in it. And he doesn't he doesn't hold his face anymore, which I like. There's no reason to ever put your hand on your face in that situation. <laughs> and he choked him out, and he would not let go. And we had to have the refs come out and all that. And then Emma came out. And, uh, maybe we'll get to see Emma versus Scarlett at some point. That'd be fun. That would be very interesting. Yes. So, okay. So, Karen Cross takes that one. Getting back to the bloodline, the bloodline then became obsessed after Sammy ran his mouth with figuring out who the fifth man was. They bumped into Karrion Cross backstage and asked him if he was perhaps the fifth man. <laughs> Cross said he's not a follower, he's a leader. When it comes time for him to come and take Roman's <laughs> titles, he'll come straight at him. Okay. I'm sure they didn't exactly enjoy the, hearing that, but he's not the fifth man. Uh, moving along, we had another, I forgot about this one, we had another World Cup match on this same broadcast. Gary, what happened when Butch met up with Sami Zayn after Sami was busy running his mouth earlier in the show? Yeah, this was um, this was this is a great match. This is one. This is a match I think specifically booked just for me. Again, I was, I was loving it. And um, Butch uh, hit Sami with a penalty kick, um, but then we had Sami catching Butch when he was in midair, hit the sit out power bomb, got a two. And there's a lot of back and forward outside the ring between the Bloodline and the Brawling Brutes. Uh, Butch had a tornado DDT. Sammy shoved him off the top turnbuckle and into the barricade. Now, Jay uh, Uso got up on the apron, but Butch knocked him down. And when the referee was distracted, Jay then hit Butch with an Enzigiri, which allowed Sammy got a near fall with hitting the Blue Thunderbomb. They then started the brawl, really started at ringside between them all, and the Usos were taken over until Butch hit them with a moonsault from... Uh, top turnbuckle to the outside. But as uh, Sammy had hit Butch with an exploder and getting ready for the halluva kick, but he couldn't quite hit it because Jay was thrown into the ring. But that allowed then um, Sammy to, to be distracted and Butch hit him with the bitter end and Butch pinned him and advances in the World Cup. Yes, indeed. And then uh, the fight continued around ringside, but we'll put that off for just a moment to take care of business for this week where we will get a uh, world cup semi-final between santos escobar and our boy butch john smith let's bring you into this one your boy santos who do you see moving on in this one Ooh, this one's tough <sighs> I, just because butch is involved in the in, in like the bloodline stuff i'm gonna have to go with santos on this one yeah. <laughs> Back to you, Gare. Santos Escobar and Butch World Cup semifinal. What do you see? Taking this yeah, one? I'm gonna go against myself here and pick Santos as well. And I think that that actually that would give you, or if I, if I was right, if my results are right, you'd end up with Ricochet against Santos in the final. Which if they just gave them 10, 15 minutes and said, "Go ahead, lads," um, would be would be brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. So, therefore, I'm going to go Santos. Yeah, uh, I'm right there with both of you, gents. I think uh, Santos Escobar takes this one. Now, getting back to the post-fight, post-match fight between the Bloodline and, at the moment, the four members that we know from Team Brutes, uh, it, it, it raged on and on until the big music hit and Roman Reigns came to ringside. 
and he started handing out Superman punches and uh, working over everyone on Team Brutes, so kind of one by one until the big surprise of the week that I don't think was really a huge surprise to any of us. Presumably number five for Team Brutes, another honorary brute, Kevin Owens showed up. Uh, he had a little back and forth with Roman. It ended with him uh, taking a Superman punch to start, but eventually uh, avoiding a spear and landing a stunner of his own. This will take us to this week where Drew McIntyre and Sheamus will go against the Usos in the War Games Advantage match to see how that one's going to play out on Saturday. Let's go right back to you, Gary. Your boy Drew, Sheamus, the Usos. How does this one work out? Who gets the advantage? I'm going to say the Usos will win and get the advantage. I always think these sort of matches are better when when the heels, although I know obviously the bloodline are being cheered, but they're better when, when the heels have the advantage. Um, so I'm going to say by hook or by crook, the Usos are going to take it. All righty, John Smith, what say you? I'm going to disagree for two reasons. One, Rhea won the women's one, so that's the heels starting with that one. And also, this is a good way to give hang an L on the Usos without taking the titles off of it. Okay, okay. Uh, I think I'm probably going to say the Usos too because it just it just feels like – I know it doesn't happen 100% of the time. It just feels like the, the – like Gary said, the, the heels should always have the advantage here. Uh, so yeah, let's say, and they don't make it that much glorious when the, the faces come back against all odds. Uh, that's going to do it for SmackDown. So Gary, this is about the time where we say goodbye to you and let you actually have a nice night's rest <laughs> before you go. Uh, anything you want to talk about, whether it be the fifth member member of team Bianca that we're supposed to find out this week, uh, how you see anything happening on Survivor Series or any reactions to either Overdrive or Full Gear from this last week? Anything you'd like to tell us? I mean, I've seen a few rumors, obviously, about, about who the, the fifth member could be. There's been a lot of stuff about Becky, Becky Lynch and all this sort of stuff. I would quite like it even to be somebody like just from off the wall and somebody like Mako Satomura to come in. I know a few of the, the NXT ones are about just to bring somebody like that. Sure. Um, and I'm really worried because it's the 25th anniversary of the Montreal screw job that even Hunter won't be able to help himself and something random will happen on, on the show. I hope it doesn't, um, but but we'll see. As far as the other shows we had this weekend, I do. I would, have, I would have put the belt on NJF, so that was okay. I would have had the Elite go over. As much as I'm, I wouldn't be a fan of it, I think I, I would have put them over, but I, th- I, I, I know why they didn't, just to kind of temper it a little bit. And also, it has to be said, my part, my parting gift to the world will be Jordan Grace. Yeah, <laughs> you stick being champion there, my friend. No, Jordan Grace is absolutely amazing. I've been a fan of her for years. I've I've known her for a while, and it's like she is top quality. Yeah, she's a hell of a performance in that one. All right, Gar, we're gonna let you get to re- get some rest. Thank you so much for joining us, as always. And we'll see you next week. Yeah, I shall see you later. Have a good one. All Peace. right, sir. Peace. All right. Let's take that off. I managed to keep that up almost the entire time. That's amazing. Let's go here. Keep the 
Yep. When are we finding out who the fifth member is on Monday on on Friday or like at the match? Uh, no, they 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 made uh, a point of mentioning last night, and they got and Bianca got booed from the crowd when she said, "We'll let you all know on Smack. We're going to show up on SmackDown." Now I don't know if that means they're going to SmackDown to invite someone or they're just drawing it out, but uh, uh, they're going to announce on Friday. Yeah, maybe it's Liv Morgan. Yeah, you know, I didn't even think about her, but she would make a lot of sense, especially if they are going to SmackDown specifically. If it's not going to be like Becky or Charlotte, I feel like the return of them should be on at a pay per view, not just like we're announcing them the day before a pay per view. You know? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, you don't want to. Yeah, you don't want to give that away in that manner. Uh, I thought Charlotte should have already been back, but that's uh, you know story. And nobody else is going to pop the crowd. Like, uh, is Aaliyah going to going to get a response if they pick her, or like Tamina or something? You know, and like we said last week, the, the person who makes the most sense is uh, Candice, who got beat up by Team Damage Control, but that's not going to get any reaction at all. And you, you almost you don't want to you almost don't want to see them do that to Candice. Yeah, yeah, that's true. All right, so let's move on to Raw, and we're going to kind of roll Raw into the Survivor Series because a lot of what happened kind of set the stage, as I said earlier. Uh, we started the evening. No, we didn't start the evening, but I'm going to start the recap with a match that happened well into the show. Elias and Riddle, they had been kind of teasing this one for a couple of weeks because the Alpha Academy had been running their mouths as they beat them in separate singles matches. Well, of course, Elias and Riddle teamed up. And they beat the Alpha Academy. Elias hit uh, the drift away or whatever he's calling it now uh, on Gable. Riddle followed with the floating bro. And it was a really good match for almost 16 minutes. But uh, the Alpha Academy eat the loss there. Then we had Johnny Gargano backstage with Kathy Kelly. Uh, He's challenged Miz to a rematch for this evening after, you know, their match got a little wacky last week. Uh, and of course we go to break. We assume that the match is happening. Gargano comes down to ringside, uh, come back from a break. Miz explains that he injured himself making a TikTok. His hand was, you know, wrapped just to prove it because we believe everything Miz says, but he found a replacement and out comes Omos. You know, I, I, I held my breath, hoping that hoping against hope that maybe it would be. Champa, because we haven't seen him in months now, it feels like. But it was Omos, and therefore it went exactly the way you think it went. Gargano had a couple of moments of offense, but uh, in the end, it was a choke slam, not a choke bomb. It was only about three minutes. But it leads us to this. This coming week on Raw, Miz will finally face Dexter Loomis one-on-one. If Dexter wins, he gets his contract. John Smith, are we bringing Dexter into the fold here? Is he getting his contract? Yeah, he seems to be getting pretty over with the crowd, too. Like People are actually cheering when they see him. It's not just like, who the heck is this guy, even though they are, they don't know who he is. I mean, you got you to gotta attribute some of that to the, them just hating the Miz in general. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think, I, I think this will be a, a, a big pop moment on SmackDown when Dexter – Chokes out Miz with that side choke. Yes. Miz will be silenced. 
All right. Uh, moving along, we had uh, we had AJ Styles backstage uh, with Kathy Kelly, and the OC, of course, was there uh, with him. He plans to give Finn Balor the beating he deserves at Survivor Series. Finn showed up and was like, oh, what are you talking about? You know, I'm a good guy. What are you talking about? And that was all just a setup for Rhea to attack Mia Yim from behind. Uh, they, they brawled all around the backstage area, actually out into the parking lot. That all takes us to our first Survivor Series pick of the show. We're going to go with AJ Styles versus Finn Balor at Survivor Series War Games. John Smith, how do you see this one working out? Uh, a winner is all of us on this one because this is going to be match of the show. It's going to have to be. Uh, <laughs> I don't see how it's not. Um, I think Finn Balor takes it. You know, AJ Styles is no problem laying down for anyone, and you know, it really seems like they're they're building Finn up. You know, over the past few weeks, and he's he's been. He's been, uh, you know, his, his promo has been a lot like more serious and not dark, but just like, like, do you know who the hell I am? Kind of, kind of stuff, you know. So I'm, I'm gonna go with Finn on this one. Okay, yeah, I mean, as much as it pains me to ever pick against Styles, I, I feel like if, if the Judgment Day is gonna continue to be relevant. You know, like you, you want to put AJ Styles in anything, you just put AJ Styles in there because he's AJ Styles. The Judgment Day is going to continue to be relevant, which, uh, you know, for the sake of Dom Mysterio, they better be because I don't know what the hell he's going to do uh, if Judgment Day goes away. You need Filler to Finn Balor to win this one. So I'm going to agree with you that Balor takes this one at Survivor Series. And like you said, this this could be should be the show stealer. And it should be, I mean, right now we're at, we've got a five match card that obviously you, you got to think something's going to come out of uh, SmackDown. It's going to at least give us one more match. But even if you look at both of the War Games matches going about 45 minutes between introductions and all the in ring stuff, that puts you at an hour and a half. This match could get 25 to 30 minutes. And whoa, would we be the winners if that was the case? That could, that could be match of the year. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's yeah, it's got all the elements, and those elements are Finn Balor and AJ Styles. Yeah. Uh, all right. Which is also crazy because the current match of the year is completely the opposite. It's Gunther and Sheamus. Right. You know? <laughs> it is just, you know, red chested chopping and slapping fests. So, word. This will be quite opposite of that, I would, I would wager. Uh, we had uh, Seth Rollins being interviewed via satellite by uh, Corey Graves. He's ready for his triple threat match at Survivor Series, which he says won't be a War Games match, but he promises it'll be a war. Austin Theory was watching backstage. He said he's hit rock bottom, but it turns out that was the best thing for him. Uh, the disrespect will end this Saturday. He then went out and put a loss on Mustafa Ali with A-Town down in a little under six minutes. But after that, the Tron lit up again, and Bobby Lashley had a little message for Austin Theory. He said, let's give the folks uh, a little sneak peek at Survivor Series. Stay right where you are. I'll be right down. Theory is a lot less goofy these days. In fact, he's kind of got a case of the red ass, so he was, you know, ready to take him on just waited right there and bobby came out and then bobby did bobby things and 
beat him around the ringside. At one point, Theory hit Bobby with a chair, which Bobby completely no-sold. And then you saw the blood drain from Theory's face, and he ran through the crowd and backstage. Bobby gave chase. They ran into Mustafa Ali, who was just backstage past, you know, gorilla position, still trying to catch his breath. Theory used him as a projectile to throw at Bobby and then took off. Bobby was angry, so Ali was there. So he finished beating the hell out of Ali and putting him to sleep in the hurt lock. All that brings us to the Survivor Series match. It is a triple threat. It is for the United States Championship, the belt on Monday Night Raw. Seth Rollins, your current champion, Bobby Lashley, Austin Theory. John, how do you see this one going? I'm surprised that they didn't include Ali in this match. I I don't see him not getting involved at some point. So, you know, Ali will be involved. Uh, what he does, he'll probably go after Bobby Lashley, and that'll leave Seth Rollins to pin theory, I think. I don't think... I don't think Seth got this belt so he could lose it so soon. So, I, although I'd love to see Austin Theory take it, but I think I think Rollins retains. Yeah, yeah. Bobby's been this champion. Theory has been this champion. As much as I like his storyline now of I'm done with all the crap. I'm angry. I'm mad, and I'm going to go on and be a, you know, a badass. You're absolutely right. I think they just put this on Rollins to kind of cement the fact that oh yeah we still have no world champion on raw uh so i don't think you want it bouncing around too much so i think i'm with you there i'm gonna say rollins retains and yeah i thought that's exactly where we were going last night when they started throwing ollie around i thought this was going to be a fatal four-way i guess technically they still have time to do it but as of right now it's a triple threat that's how we're picking it yeah i'm thinking they might actually announce it like during the pre-show or something yeah, have him attack somebody on the uh, during the pre-show, and you know they book it on the fly. What's you know why not? They've yeah. done it before. All right, as we discussed earlier, SmackDown will feature a match where uh, Raquel Rodriguez and Shotzi take on Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler, and that takes us to the one world title match uh, on the Survivor Series card, and that is Ronda Rousey defending the SmackDown Women's Championship against Shotzi. How do you see this one, John? I'm pretty confident in my other picks, and I still think this is the easiest pick on the card. Ronda beats Shotzi. You know, little interference by by Shayna since they're heels now, but whatever. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I think this is uh, this is one of those quick no brainers. Uh, Ronda's definitely not losing the title to Shotzi, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much all that needs to be said. Uh, all right, we had uh, we had a segment where Bianca, Alexa, and Asuka came to the ring. Bianca said that uh, Bailey's team is playing games while her team is ready for war, and you know, all the rhetoric that goes into this. Uh, their fifth member will be announced at SmackDown. Like I said, that brought out Team Damage Control, where uh, Bailey said that Bianca's just stalling. She still doesn't know who her fifth team member uh, is going to be because no one likes her and no one respects her. Uh, this led us to the War Games Advantage match last night on Raw between Rhea Ripley and Asuka. John Smith, I'll bet you have something to say about this one. Oh, yeah. I mean, Asuka, in my opinion, is like the best women's wrestler of all time. <laughs> and this match was pay-per-view quality, pay-per-view main event quality, possibly the best women's match of the year so far. 
I mean, these two just went at it, and they, they both have that strong style about them. One's British, one's Japanese. Um, you know, we, we we got some nice hip attacks by Asuka and some nice strength moves by by Rhea, but you know, it's not about any one move. It's just the way that this match was worked. It was an awesome match, and by the end of it, you know, that they were. Uh, they were going back and forth with just ducking and dodging each other's moves back and forth. And then all of a sudden, Rhea grabs Asuka's wrist from between her legs and does her riptide move and pins her out of nowhere. You did not see it coming, but it was an awesome end to a great match. These two can go. And they, I, I mean, I wanted EO and Asuka. And sure, maybe they would have had just as good a match. But I'm happy this is what we got. Yeah, we got 16 minutes of it, and by no means was I looking at my watch going, geez, when's this one going to end? Because it could have gone another 10 minutes, and I'd have been perfectly happy. Yeah, everything uh, broke down after the fact, and both teams went at each other in their, in basically their, their club clothes. <laughs> they, they looked like they were ready for a night of clubbing, both sides. And they were yeah. just beating the hell out of each other, and then Asuka hits the, the big splash to everybody from the top rope to the outside to close out the show. There you go. So, yeah, so uh, like John said, they they brawled right through to the end of the show last night, and that takes us to the reason why they all seem to hate each other. It's war games. You got Team Damage Control, Bailey, Dakota, EO, Nikki Cross, and Rhea Ripley against Team Bianca, which as it stands right now is Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, Asuka, and Mia Yim. Uh, John... Uh, we've already kind of made our guesses on who might be the fifth person. If anything has come to you since then, by all means, let us know. But more importantly, who do you see taking between Team Damage Control and Team Bel Air? Who wins war games? Yeah, I'm gonna go with with Liv Morgan as the as the fifth person. Otherwise, I think it'll be some rando, you know, like maybe an NXT girl or something. Um, who wins this? I got I to gotta go with damage control here and Nikki and Rhea. Um, Bianca is just untouchable. So, like, kind of the same way I said about the Usos losing to the, the – in that tag match on, on Friday or whatever, you know, because they – you know, you can hang an L on them without losing the title. I think this is the same way. This is, you know, Bianca loses without losing her title. Do, do you see her taking a pin here or just losing as a team? Uh, no, I, maybe, mm, I mean, Bailey's laid down to her twice. So maybe, maybe Bailey pins her or maybe I, I would love to see Rhea actually be the one that pins Bianca. Cause then you could just roll that over into, into a feud between those two. Kind of like how Raquel did that to Rhea in NXT in more games. Exactly where I was going with this, I, and I think it, it also happened at the end of uh, EO's run too. She was pinned in War Games, and then her challenger would wind up taking the title from her. So I, I think I think Hunter likes that way of booking, especially in the women's division. So uh, I'm going to agree with you that Damage Control takes this one, and I could I could legitimately see it being Rhea pinning Bianca uh, to finish it out. Okay. Uh, we had uh, last night we had KO to the ring that actually started the show KO opened the show coming to the ring uh, reminding us why he joined the war games team and it was just one reason 
to remind Reigns that he's taken him to the limit before and he plans to do it again because he wants to take his titles. He brought out the Brutes and Drew McIntyre who were uh, on loan from SmackDown. The Judgment Day interrupted because they run raw and they wanted to just remind them of that. Uh, Sheamus wound up having some words with them. It wound up as a six-man tag between the original uh, Troika of the, the three Brutes and the Judgment Day. The Brutes would get the win. It, uh, they started this one in the commercial break. It went another 15 minutes once we got back to TV. And it ended with Dom eating a bro kick just like it should have. Uh, afterwards, Judgment Day continued to uh, attack the Brutes. That brought KO off of the announce desk where he had spent the match. He hits Balor with a stunner. Uh, we go backstage. Oh, that's right, because uh, uh, JBL and Baron Corbin were playing poker again. Drew McIntyre, who, as I said, was brought over with the Brutes uh, by Kevin Owens. He has some words backstage. It leads to him having a match with Baron Corbin. Uh, this one went almost 18 damn minutes uh, before Drew, he had, he missed uh, the Claymore once. Then he got screwed up on the timing when JBL jumped up on the apron a second time. Eventually, the third time, he hits that Claymore to get the victory. And that, if I remember correctly, closed the show and... More importantly, what it brings us to is the last pick for Survivor Series. It's Team Bloodline versus Team Brutes. How do you see this one working out, John? <clears throat> I, it, it's hard to pick against the Bloodline, man. Like they're they're such like a solid unit or whatever you want to call it. But you know, I think Sami Zayn's going to prove to be the weak link here. And I think he's gonna take the pin from. Maybe he hits. He gets all five moves hit on him before before somebody pins him. But you know, I got Sammy being the the weak link and taking the pin here. Uh, it's hard to argue with that. Yes, I mean Sammy. You know, runs his mouth. Sammy eats the pin. You, you know, I mean these these matches are kind of set up for the heels to get their comeuppance, but I don't think we're gonna see it. Uh, once again, uh, I, I think both of the, the bad guys here, uh, take this. Yeah. The bloodline is just the two. No, excuse me. Jesus. I'm, I'm double talking myself. Uh, I think this is where we actually see the good guys get, uh, the one up on them because quite frankly, as far as Roman and the Usos go, it won't really matter. And like I said, and like you said, it probably will be Sammy that eats the pin. Um, Maybe it's Jay because that'll be like something that'll be good for storyline or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And somehow he finds a way to blame it on Sammy because maybe Sammy ducked out of the way and Jay took a claymore or something like that. Uh, as opposed to Sammy usually stepping in front of them. That's how he became the honorary Oos, etc. But uh, yeah, this, I mean, this match, this card seems a little short. It's only five matches as it stands right now. We've given some ideas of maybe how they extend that, but. Uh, the matches that are there look real good. I'm, I'm not overly excited about Ronda and Shotzi, but the other four uh, I think will be entertaining to really, really entertaining, especially in the case of Styles and Balor. I'd like to see them do some sort of Survivor Series style match 
There's not there's no tag teams in this on this whole card. So maybe you know, even four on four or eight on eight, like four teams on four teams. You know, just to have one Survivor Series match, you know, break break things up in the middle of it, you know. Or maybe yeah. on the pre-show. Yeah, yeah, they could definitely you know, there's there's I mean there's there's two hours on Friday night to to have somebody bump into somebody backstage and it lead to I don't know, a match that night, which leads to friends helping out, which leads to, oh my god, look at what we've got here, and we slap <laughs> one more match on this card. So yeah, I I like your thinking there, sir. Word. Okay, that's gonna do it for Survivor Series. Let's pull that out of here and let's go back to Overdrive. Uh, well, let's start with Impact from last week because there was a little bit that led to Overdrive. We had uh, Tarus taking out PJ Black with Destination Hellhole, putting himself into Overdrive. That is Black Tarus in the X Division title match. Uh, also on that card, uh, again, I don't know why they didn't save this for the special, but Sammy Callahan came up with uh, a new match, the Death Machine Double Jeopardy. Uh, where you had to be bleeding before you could be pinned or submitted. And, uh, well, we took care of part of that right off the bat because Sammy got jumped on the rap on the ramp before the match even started by Diener and Alan Angels and Big Con, a violent by design. But in the end, EY got busted open plenty, putting himself in jeopardy, and it took three pile drivers, but the last one was a cactus driver for the win. This one went 19 minutes. And then Sammy left relatively unscathed because Violet by Design came back out. They weren't they weren't there to interfere in the middle of the match. They came back out at the end, and we we closed the show with them just staring down at EY in a puddle of his own blood. I was kind of half waiting for them to jump him. It didn't happen, but there's some kind of uneasiness there going forward. We'll see how that plays out. We roll into Overdrive. Uh, we had the X Division car crash that we all saw coming, but it wasn't necessarily for anything. Rich Swan would defeat Kenny King, uh, Yui Mora, Bupinder, Mike Bailey, and Jason Hotch when he hit his uh, handspring cutter on Hotch. That one went about eight minutes. Now, Swan beat Laredo Kid the previous week, too, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him get that first X Division title match. And how did the X Division title match work out on Overdrive, John Smith? Tell us who the new champ is. New champ, yes. Um, we got Trey Miguel versus Black Taurus. They started off very Lucha style, and Taurus was able to keep right up with Trey. Very agile for quite the big man that he is. Uh, uh, some... Some pretty good moves that by, by Trey. Like one, at one point, he uh, when Tarus was on the outside, Trey runs up, bounces one foot off off the second rope, does a a full on somersault, lands on Tarus's shoulders, and Hurricane Ron is him on the outside, and it was so fluid. Uh, great match between these two. At the end of it, they they're you know punching each other back and forth. And then they they both they're both down, and then they get back up, and then they're no selling big moves on each other, like big big hits. I mean, you know, like a big kick, a big headbutt, and then all of a sudden they double headbutt each other, and they're down again. 
and then um, by the end of it, it was just too, Trey Miguel was too much for Tarus, and he ends up hitting um, his. Uh, oh no, he. Uh, I'm sorry. He uh, when he was on the outside, he got, grabbed himself a can of spray paint. We I, I didn't even know what he was holding. He was yeah. holding real tight. His real tiny can of spray paint. He throws the cap off to the side. The referee chases the cap like a like a stupid cat instead of wondering what the hell's in his hands. And I mean, at first I thought that it was Mace a la Scarlet. Um, but it the the announcers knew right away that it was spray paint. So Tarus got spray painted in the face, in the eyes, and then Trey hits his spinning backbreaker move that I forget what it's called for the one, two, three. And Trey Miguel turns heel. He won't let the the ref raise his hand. He you know, rips his hand away from the ref, and he's like, oh, it's all me. So now we got to heal Trey Miguel, which is going to be weird. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, I, I guess it, it lends itself to going right back where I, I think we thought this was going in the tournament. Uh, you know, super-duper good guy with his, you know, pearly white teeth, Mike uh, Bailey, eventually come and be the one to try and save us from evil Trey Miguel. But uh, like I said, uh, Rich Swan has put together a couple of wins. I wouldn't be surprised to see him maybe get the first shot, but uh, you, you got to think they're coming back around to Trey and uh, ball bag because that's going to be a hell of a match. That'll be like karate kid. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, we had uh, also on the countdown show, we had the Motor City Machine Guns beating Bullet Club in what I don't remember them telling us last week, but they told us the day of turned out to be a number one contenders match. Uh, Shelly took uh, Bay down with a crucifix. Saban flipped into a jackknife cover. Cha-ching. Roll up victory there for the guns in 13 minutes. Uh, so they will get a shot at the tag champs. The tag champs coming out of that event where in the hell in my notes are there we go heath and right actually was right after that a kind of uh heath and rhino retained over the major players uh when the machine guns came down to ringside they set up chairs to take a look to see who their next uh, opponent was going to be and for whatever reason uh cardona tried to use one of those chairs but chris saban didn't allow it Rhino would gore Myers, 11 minutes, 27 seconds. Heath and Rhino retain. Uh, and they will meet the Motor City Machine Guns somewhere down the line. That will be fun. Uh, we had, we had uh, the other tag titles being defended as well. We had the Death Dolls taking on Tasha and Savannah for the Knockouts tag titles. I started worrying going to this one because I had the Death Dolls retaining on our picks. And then they did this weird thing with Jessica the week before where she took a loss in singles action and she got so depressed she started drinking. She disappeared for a week. Nobody had seen her until she came out and made a save at the end of a, uh, a singles match between uh, Savannah and uh, Taya, I think, who was uh, taking – it was supposed to be a match for Jessica and – she had to come out in the end and make the save. And she was still wearing the, you know, hey, I'm drinking beer cans out of the side of my baseball helmet thing. So I was worried that the storyline was going to be that she was a, a sloppy drunk. We get to overdrive. There's no mention of that. She hits the sick driver on uh, Tasha. Eight and a half minutes. The death dolls retain. 
Then we come to our tables match. Bully Ray and Moose. John, tell us how this one worked out. Yeah, this one opened the main the main card. Um the uh <laughs> they they set up some tables pretty much right away because right at the at right at the bell when Bully Ray was taking off the chains he was wearing around his neck and putting him on the corner, he got low blowed China style by Moose. So then uh Moose grabbed a couple tables and put them on the inside. Um, we get some some brutality by Moose for a little while until Bully Ray takes takes over, and then he's about to spear Moose through the table, but Moose moves, and Bully goes through with him on his own. So Moose thinks he's won, and the ref has to explain it to him because he's only been – this is his first table match, so he doesn't know the rules. Not like Bully Ray, the seasoned veteran of the tables match. Didn't they mention that this was like his 80-something? Yeah, I think they said 83rd or 84th. <laughs> That's insanity. <clears throat> yeah, so this one keeps going, obviously, and they you know go to the outside. Um, they, at, at one point, um, Bully's set up on the top rope uh, for the Moose wants to do a Hurricane Rana on him off the top. And Bully slides down and power bombs him. At another point, uh, Moose did his thing where he runs towards the turnbuckle and steps up to the second and the third rope, and then turns around and flies back at you with a with like a shoulder or cross body or whatever. And Bully Ray turned it into 3D, an, an unassisted one 3D, one man 3D. That was impressive. Yeah, one and a half D. Is that what that is? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Um, geez, so just, by the end of this, um, Moose hit the spear and but not through a table. And then later on, Bully Ray ends up hitting a spear on Moose through a table. So he beats Moose with his own move through a table. And um, Moose is 0 and 1 in tables matches. This is gonna be his bane forever. He just doesn't understand the rules of the tables match. But what he should have understood was that, uh, you know, being a former football player, Bully hit him with like, yeah, it was obviously it was a spear, but it was like one of the prettiest form tackles I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it reminded me of like midget football practice. Like he wrapped him, picked him up and shouldered him right through that table. Yeah. The hands behind the knees, like all that. Yeah. That's it. All right. Uh, then we had the two biggies and they delivered. We had uh, Jordan Grace and Masha in a last knockout standing match. And, I mean, I, I couldn't do this justice if I went move by move. I'm going to give you just a couple of the highlights. It went 21 minutes. I know I had Masha. Did you have Masha last week as well? I took Masha, yeah. Yeah. Well, they made a fool out of us. Uh, Jordan powerbombed Masha onto a steel chair. And I don't think I've ever seen a steel chair explode the way it did under Masha. Like, she's very lucky she didn't get impaled by one of the, <laughs> the legs of it because it just disintegrated. Masha hit an air raid crash onto the other chair. Uh, Jordan hit a vertebraker, something you don't see all that much. Uh, you know, uh, way to go. Uh, was it Evan Courageous who used that move originally? Or... I'm not even familiar with the move. I'm, I'm sure I've seen the move. I don't know what you, what you, what, it's, what it is by the name. So it's like a like 
you know the backpack uh, pile drivers that uh, the Orange Cassidy uses and calls it the beach break. Somebody yeah. else calls it the strong zero. Imagine the person flipped around. So they're back to back with you, but their head is by your ass. And you sit down and drive their neck into the... She drove her into okay. a garbage can that way. I thought that Masha died. <laughs> <laughs> uh, things got physical. They went outside. Uh, Masha hit the, what we were calling the Moscow sunrise, like uh, Cole's Panama sunrise. Uh, she delivered strong zero on the floor. That's that backpack power bomb or a uh, pile driver I was talking about. Then Masha sets up, a she pulls a door out from under the, the ring. She lays it kind of on the edge of the apron and then props it up on the other end with a garbage can. Okay. Uh, you know, Grace is going through the door. You can see it coming, blah, 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 whether it be a snow plow or whatever. Uh, Jordan gets Masha up for a muscle buster. Oh crap. She's going through the, through the, through the door in a muscle buster. Well, that's not good enough. Uh, you know, choke on this Bianca Belair with Masha on her shoulders in, uh, muscle buster position. Jordan walks up the steps to drop her through the door and, I'll be damned. Masha does not beat the 10 count. Jordan kind of barely does. Jordan retains. This was as good as the male main event was. I think this one probably stole the show uh, for overdrive. Uh, it was 21 and a half minutes. Jordan Grace retains in a last knockout standing. Wow. Uh, and then all that was left was the main event, and uh, this one I won't I won't really go into all that much anyway because what's more important was what happened afterwards. Uh, Josh retained. It was a fantastic 33 minute match with Kazarian because what else could it have possibly been? Uh, he uh, he hits the C4 spike. He gets the one two three. Afterwards, Bully Ray comes out. Josh has retained. Bully has told everyone in the world that he's going to come at him straight, and he does. He tells him that he's the he tells Josh that he is the most credible world champion on the planet, and he swore he would do things right. He shakes his hand and says, I'm doing things right. I'm telling you right now, I want you for the title at Hard to Kill. And it feels like the show is over. Josh rolls out of the ring. Bully doesn't necessarily follow him. You don't know where Bully's going. Josh goes over to hug and kiss his wife in the front row. And that's when douche Bully Ray appears, beats the hell out of Josh, zip ties him to the bottom rope, yanks his wife over the barricade. Josh breaks away from the zip tie, but by now Bully's got his wife's head between his thighs because he's going to pile drive her on the cement Unfortunately, she wore six-inch heels, so she's sliding all around on the concrete. She can barely stand up, bent over the way she is. And this is where impact impacted. You knew Bully was going to be an a-hole. You knew he was going to do it at some point. No, do not. Do not and put in new software and shut down on me. I need my damn Oh, no. <laughs> so, uh... He used so like there's there's nothing to gain here. He's already got the title shot. He's got the trophy, the call your shot. He's called his shot and booked his match. And he just but he just he's got to be an a hole. So he threatens to basically 
break Josh's wife's neck unless Josh hands him the belt. So he hands him the belt. He tosses his wife back at Josh, and he leaves with the belt and his trophy. It's not his belt. I'm not quite sure what the whole point of that last segment was. Yeah, I knew jo uh, you know, Bully was eventually going to turn, but I thought they it would be more, for lack of a better term, impactful. It served no point at the end of this pay-per-view. Like I said, impact gonna impact. And like with the the whole stealing of the belt thing is pretty old and, and overdone, yeah. especially lately. I mean, it's happened forever, but I feel like it's happened multiple times in the past year or so. You know. Yeah, well, we're gonna get to it on the the next show. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, so this week uh, we don't have anything to pick because they're doing a Thanksgiving special, which usually is Wrestle House the last couple of years. I'm upset we're not getting that this year, Ooh. but. On Black Friday, they are taping an event in Winston-Salem, the, the, the city that Eric Bischoff ruined. Uh, they're doing the IPWF, uh, which we're going to get for our viewing pleasure on December 2nd as Throwback Throwdown 3, which will be our next Impact Plus special. Uh, who knows which character is going to be involved, but it'll be hilarious. And, you know, God willing, if Al's back, him and I will be laughing like idiots throughout the entire Wait, week. Isn't that in Pennsylvania, Winston-Salem? Uh, no, North Kakalaki. That was uh, Flair Country. That's that's why uh, that's when it got, it got ruined when uh, <coughs> WCW uh, booked a fall brawl there, which usually had war games and usually had the horsemen, and they had none of the above. And they made Sting do a half-assed heel turn on Hogan at the time. And the fans didn't even boo Sting because nobody had forgiven Hogan for the NWO, even though he was back in the red and yellow. And it literally ruined the city of uh, uh, Winston-Salem for uh, for years. The wrestling really didn't go back. Certainly none of the big companies went back there. The economy is still not recovered. <laughs> Oh, God. So that's going to do it for Impact. We're going to move on to the big AEW card from this past weekend. To set it up, we've got to go back a little bit. Uh, back on Rampage, we had Hook uh, retaining the FTW championship over Lee Moriarty. Not much to say about that one except Red Rum. Uh, well, actually, the, the biggest thing to say about that one was that was an eight-and-a-half-minute Hook match. We've never seen that before, so yay. Uh, we had Athena defeating Madison Rain on Rampage as well. Athena, apparently, if you watch Dark and Elevation, she's gone from everybody's best friend and a superhero female to now she's kind of heelish. So after she uh, beat Madison Rain with a move that I don't even know how to describe, where she just kind of rolled her off her shoulder and then kneed her in the face, um, she gets the win there, but she goes back on the attack. Aubrey Edwards tries to pull her off. She decks Aubrey. That brings out Mercedes Martinez, who we haven't seen since she last defended the Ring of Honor title on a Dynamite or a Rampage. So with Final Battle coming up in a couple of weeks on December 10th, maybe that's going to be your women's title match. But she really just came to the ring and Athena rolled out. There wasn't, there wasn't any physicality or anything like that. So who knows where that's going. Uh, moving on to full gear, uh, we had uh, Zero Hour kicked off with the best friends. That was Chuck, Trent, Orange, Cassidy, Rocky Romero was there. And Danhausen was a member of their team, but didn't join them initially. 
They were taking on the factory. That's QT, Nick Camarado, Aaron Solo, Lee Johnson, and uh, two dimes, or I guess he's now four nickels, Cold Carter. Uh, <laughs> a 10-man tag match. And I guess the whole thing was built around Danhausen. Like he had done some spooky videos or whatnot. And he shows up at the end of this match to join his four teammates. And he's got a, a little like mason jar, small mason jar full of what you're led to believe are teeth. He pours them into Nick Camarado's mouth, then hits him with a big boot. So 10 teeth go flying out of his mouth. He gets the one, two, three. I don't know if that's part of his gimmick going way back or anything like that. Other, All I know is that he's very evil and very unnecessary, but that's how they won that one. Uh, later on, Orange Cassidy's backstage. He has words with Jake Hager. And even though he kind of was nice to him, he told him he liked his big, stupid purple bucket hat. Uh, they're going to fight this week. And they're <laughs> going to fight for Orange Cassidy's All-Atlantic Championship on Dynamite. So Orange Cassidy is your champ defending against Jake Hager. John, how do you see this one working out? Too soon for Orange to lose his belt. Uh, Jake Hager should win, but he won't. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm digging the, the, the Jake Hager and the purple hat thing just because, like, he usually, even when he's on camera, says absolutely nothing. But when he does pipe up about how much he loves his hat, it, it always manages to make me smile. <laughs> uh, then we had uh, also on Zero Hour was one of the matches in the Eliminator Tournament. Let me back up a bit on Dynamite. We had Ethan Page getting past Bandito. On Rampage, we had Ricky Starks and Lance Archer finally getting to their what was supposed to be first round match. The uh, Page and Bandito match was a second round match. So that got us to zero hour where Ricky Starks would take on Brian Cage in the other second round match. Now, the finals were supposed to be on full gear, but because whatever the hell happened with Starks and Archer postponed that, which led to Starks. I guess they didn't want I mean, this was on zero hour and this was like a five hour pay-per-view. So there's no reason why Starks couldn't have fought a second time later in the evening, but he didn't. But in the zero hour match, he did get past Brian Cage. And while I'll take him to task for beating six foot ten Lance Archer with a spear, which is completely unbelievable, and someone should tap him on the shoulder and say, "Buddy, you need a better finisher. You're a talent, but I don't believe you speared that big guy <laughs> and beat him with it." What I will give him credit for is he got Brian Cage up for the Rochambeau, which I never thought would happen. Put him on his shoulder, flipped him back down, you know, into a front slam. Uh, Ricky Starks is moving on. Uh, Ethan Page had been at the announce desk. He got up, came halfway down the ranch to say, I'll see you on Dynamite because we're finally going to get to that Eliminator final. It's taking place tomorrow night on Dynamite. It's Ethan Page. It's Ricky Starks. The winner will get out of the title at Winter is Coming. John Smith, how do you see this one working out between Page and Starks? Um... I feel like Ethan Page is going to end up being the one to win this one. I I, I like um, the the trajectory of Starks' push. I just don't think it lines up with what the uh, current situation of the world title is. 
I 100% agree. Uh, I I, I kind of had Ethan Page early in this one for other reasons that we'll get to when we talk about the world title. But uh, yes, I would have to agree with you. I think Page takes this one. Okay. Also on the zero hour, we had Eddie Kingston beating one of his heroes, Jun Akiyama. It was kind of a 50-50 buyback from the fact that on Rampage, Akiyama and uh, Takeshita beat Eddie Kingston and Ortiz. Nothing much more to be said about that one. Uh, Jungle Boy wound up winning the steel cage match against Luchasaurus. When Christian Cage stole the keys and unlocked the cage door, both men came outside. Apparently that doesn't win a cage match in AEW because they only go in outside to get some tables and bring them back inside. Uh, Jungle Boy would hit a big elbow drop from the top. of, And that, this was not a 10-foot cage. I, this was legitimately a 15-foot cage. He jumped from way up there in the lights, came down on Luchasaurus, followed it up with a snare trap, got the uh, submission victory. I don't think Christian Cage is ready to come back now, so hopefully Jungle Jack moves on from this whole thing until Christian Cage is healthy and they can eventually have their blood feud. Uh, oh, I forgot. I forgot to download a picture that was going to make, I think was going to make you laugh. Uh, we had Death Triangle taking on the Elite. This was the Elite showing up for the first time since the whole debacle that had them suspended. This was for the Trios Championships. This, the AEW fans, upon the arrival of the elite, started chanting FCM Punk. And while I don't necessarily think that they had no right to say that, these are the same fans that were teary-eyed at his return. So the picture that I forgot to, to download was of Brian Danielson screaming, Fickle! <laughs> because that's all I could think about as I listened to these idiots chant FCM Punk when they would pop at 80 decibels if a cult of personality played tomorrow night on Dynamite. They are the types of people that pop when they heard it at the bar. They would sing it and be like, this is a CM Punk song! <laughs> these are guys that for... 10 years, seven years, or however long, have been chanting CM Punk at WWE shows yep. because they because uh, you know they love him so much. And they were chanting his name, you know, as, as loud as any as anybody could hear yeah. until this. So it's just you know, it's un I mean, it, I, I believe it. It's just like I never thought that I would see it, you know. Yeah. Exactly. Well, they went on they went on to have as you absolutely would have guessed an absolutely insane and excellent match. Uh it went almost 19 minutes. Uh <laughs> Pack still hanging on to that timekeeper's hammer. Uh he tried to pass it to um Phoenix once and he tossed it aside. He passed it to Phoenix the second time. Phoenix luckily held on to it because he went up for a one-winged angel. He nailed Omega in the head. And a victory roll for the Chuching roll-up win for the Death Triangle. Now, it was a fantastic match, but the Elite had a bitch here. There was cheating. How do they solve it? They decided that now they're not just going to get a rematch. 
they're not going to get a two out of three falls match like we used to get. Well, before we were born, we didn't get. Before we were born, that's how all the world titles uh, were settled. They're not even going to do a best of five series. They're doing a best of seven between these two teams. Probably too much. But if they manage to not wrestle seven carbon copies, probably going to be seven incredible matches. Uh, that was obviously number one was at the pay-per-view number two is coming this week on dynamite. And they've already told us exactly when they're already booked out to January 11th in Los Angeles, which is only about 40 miles away from the Bucks hometown of Rancho Cucamonga. If you're looking for spoilers as to how this one works out. But anyway, this week on dynamite will be match number two of the best of seven series between death triangle and the elite John Smith. How do you think this one works out? Um, you know, you, you would think that they would just have it go even one-to-one, but I'm going to go with the Death Triangle taking a 2-0 lead in this series. Yeah, I like the way you're thinking. Yeah, I think this one, like in my head, it kind of goes like a, a hockey series, like 2-2, 1-1-1. Like, you know, give them the, you know, okay, they cheated once. Give them a clean, you know, a, a moderately clean, maybe a little... You know, and I'm not saying use the hammer again, but maybe a distraction uh, to get a victory here. But uh, I agree with you. I think uh, Death Triangle will take an early commanding lead so our heroes, the elite, can come back from 0-2. Oh, Christ. Anyway, uh, moving yeah. along. Uh, speaking of stolen titles, Jade Cargill, uh, who was dressed as Chitara from Thundercats and uh, broke a staff over her knee before she even came down the ramp. Uh, she took out Nyla Rose and finally got her TBS championship back. She moves on to 42 and 0. Uh, Soraya beat Britt Baker um, in a pretty good match. You know, they went 13 minutes here. Soraya sold, you know, of course, had to sell a neck injury, but they didn't do anything too insane. Minus one spot to the floor where they hit like a like a draping, twisting neck breaker off of the apron onto the floor, but she landed very nicely across her shoulder. So, you know, n- nobody had to hold their breath here. Uh, she got her victory. She was teary-eyed. It was great to see her back, and thank God she came out of it in one piece. Then we move on to our first title change of the evening. Uh, the TNT Championship match between Wardlow, Powerhouse Hobbs, and Samoa Joe. I got to admit, I did not see this one coming. I, I, if they were going to take it off of him in any way, I would have said maybe Powerhouse Hobbs you know, gets a, a, a I can't say cheap victory because he, he's a big dude and he probably would have hit a hell of a move to get it done. But what happened here was Wardlow hit his uh, Powerbomb Symphony, four consecutive Powerbombs, on uh, Powerhouse Hobbs, which uh, get that was a lot. Get, he was getting up in the air there. And son of a bitch, I did this on the last one. How about I put the right pay-per-view up in the corner? There we go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but in the end, after Hobbs took four power bombs, uh, Samoa Joe clobbered Wardlow with the TNT belt and jumped on Hobbs into the Coquina clutch and got the submission. Samoa Joe is now a champ champ. I don't I don't know what to make of this one. I love it because I love Samoa Joe. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
you know, I I think it was a it was a shame that he left the that that he was let go by WWE. It's like if, if things had just happened six months sooner, you know, like right. <laughs> the freaking world would be. Adam Cole would probably be you know still wrestling and not perpetually injured. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but uh, I mean, I love Samoa Joe, but this doesn't make sense. Yeah, you know, like are you gonna be? Like putting the company on Samoa Joe's back? Is he gonna then now like you know move forward? No, that's not what's gonna happen. You're just like you, you know, you're padding his his stats on the back of his baseball card for you know, because just because you can, because you're Tony Khan. Yeah, you know? yeah I, di- I didn't quite understand this one. I thought if anything, you know, if you're gonna put it on Hobbs and make a new star. That would make some sense, but uh, I, I didn't get this one. And I did. Obviously, Joe could then turn around and lose one of you know the the, the Ring of Honor belt at the upcoming pay per view there. But this one just didn't make sense. Moving along, Darby Allen and Sting fought Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett, but because it's Darby Allen and Sting, Darby Allen and Sting won. Not <laughs> much to say about that. Uh, and here is where I will give AEW some credit. They do tend to listen to their fans. Like you would think when you create an interim title, you know, uh, um, what the hell's her name? Uh, Rosa. Uh, Thunder Rosa is injured. So they put their interim title on Tony. You would think you would keep that interim champ until Rosa came back. As long as it wasn't going to be, she wasn't going to be off for a year. You'd want to, you know, put the, the belts back together that way. But the crowd was really, really in the corner of Jamie Hayter for the last month or so. They've really been enjoying the buildup to her. And, they, you know, they they did what kind of needed to be done. Jamie Hayter beat Tony Storm. She is your new, still interim, AEW Women's Champion. <clears throat> it was done with some tomfoolery. There was an exposed turnbuckle. Britt got involved a whole bunch. But... It didn't come off feeling like a heel victory because the fans were just so behind Jamie Hayter. Okay, uh, let's – Jesus, again, why are we going so long? Because <laughs> I, I don't shut up. On Dynamite, the Acclaim debuted their new music video. Not noteworthy unless you're a big fan of Captain Insano, who showed up in this video. <laughs> Uh, Swerve would go on to beat Anthony Bowens one-on-one, and if you had any doubt how this was going to work out at the pay-per-view, the acclaimed went on to beat Swerve in our glory. The most noteworthy thing was Swerve wanted Keith Lee to use either a pair of tin snips or a pair of pliers to cheat in the match. You know, 300-plus pound Lee doesn't need them. He tossed them away. Swerve slapped him. He bounced. Left Swerve alone. He took not the mic drop, but some wacky cover. The acclaimed retained. Uh, okay, we go to the main event. I'm, again, jumping around. But in the main event, Moxley and MJF. This one started off with Mox like running across the ring and slapping the taste. It looked like he was going to throw a big running haymaker. Instead, he slapped the taste out of MJF's mouth just to kind of give you an idea of where this match was going. Uh, and then we were in New Jersey, so MJF was kind of getting that Long Island thing where suddenly he's a good guy, even though we all know he's an a-hole. Well, John Moxley wanted to cement things, so he flipped off the entire arena. The arena followed back with an F.U. Moxley, and now we all know what page we're on. 
So we go through this match. MJF is kind of the face in it. Uh, they're back and forth. It was a good match. It went 23 plus minutes. Uh, at one point, the ref takes a bump. MJF goes in his trunks. He pulls out the dynamite diamond. Regal comes out. He's berating him from ringside. Don't you dare. Don't you do it. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, MJF tosses the ring to William Regal and flips off William Regal. A second ref comes down. A second ref takes a bump. Regal says to Moxley, go away. Moxley at one point has the bulldog choke on and MJF is tapping. But there's two unconscious referees. There's no one there to, to call it. Regal says to Mox, go wake up the first ref. Mox goes to wake up the first ref. And, uh, William Regal hands the ring back to MJF, who lands the haymaker and the one, two, three, and you have a new AEW world champion. So does that mean we have no more Blackpool Combat Combat Club? Like, what's going on with that? <laughs> exactly. I, you know, are they going to kick Mox out? I, I can't see that happening with Claudio and Danielson there. Uh, so, you know, so are they going to are they going to kick Regal out? Is Regal not going to even talk to them? Who the hell knows? But Wednesday night is going to be interesting. It's going to be miss, must see TV. So you got to admit that. One match that I left out because it does involve something that's going to happen this week. Jericho, Guevara, Castagnoli, Brian Danielson, a four-way for the Ring of Honor championship. It went 21 minutes. It had all the spots you would assume. You even had the moment where Jericho was saved by Sammy, and then just when you thought they were going to hug it out, Sammy tried to take advantage and beat Jericho. It didn't happen. Uh, double Judas effect to Claudio. Jericho gets the win. Afterwards, he's talking to Shivani. He says he expected Sammy to try and win. That's the competitiveness in him that's going to make him a future world champion. Orange Cassidy walks into the shot for some god unknown reason and says his friend Tomohiro Ishii, who you may remember as the Stone Pitbull, the man who looks like he's made out of granite, mm -hmm. uh, he wants Jericho and he wants him for that title. Well, they're going to do it this week. Chris Jericho, Tomohiro Ishii for the Ring of Honor title this Wednesday on Dynamite. How you see it working out, sir? See, this would be a fun little swerve, but I don't think they're going to do it. I got Jericho winning. Yeah, I have to agree. Uh, Jericho retains, and you know, like I, I think I said it last week. If you're going to do like, if they didn't book a Ring of Honor uh, pay per view for the middle of December or for the 10th of December, I should say. They might have done the title change there at the pay-per-view. But if you've got the Ring of Honor pay-per-view coming up, let Ring of Honor get its glory day of getting rid of this a-hole champ at their uh, pay-per-view. All right. That is going to do it for us. So let's get into some bookkeeping here. Bappity-bappity-bappity. Uh, let's turn this on. A little raw roll-up action. Yes, sir. Let me get to... Find the right graphic. Here are the roll-ups from this week. Wow, Ty is uh, really getting up there. Yeah, right? Ty, she's going to break onto that leaderboard soon. Here are the roll-ups overall. AEW still with a five-roll-up lead. But look at those little bastards in Impact. They're catching up to Raw. And that's, that's a two-hour show compared to a three-hour show. I don't know how Al's going to do the math at the end of the year, 
but that's very, very interesting. <laughs> uh, da, 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 da. All right, John, you want to take it away? Let me find the right graphic to kick you off with. Here we go. All right, the primetime rundown is back on its usual day and time as Joey Jarzanka, Ian Schreier, and Mike Zavo return to Friday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern time with everything you need to know in the sports world. <clears throat> Do you have an interest in becoming a sports reporter? Would you want to be asking high-profile coaches and players questions in person? Are you a college student looking to break into the sports media industry and looking to write about your favorite team? The Eastern Observer is looking for interested candidates to join the family for college credit. <clears throat> Look no further, aspiring writers, social media specialists, content creators, etc. can inquire by emailing eosports3 at gmail.com. We're looking forward to having you join the Eastern Observer family. <clears throat> the Black Cats NYC are the official band of the Eastern Observer. Check out their latest album free cake on any of these music providers youtube spotify soundcloud deezer anywhere you get your music you can get the black cats nyc's album free cake out now play loud as always the ewp is sponsored by pro wrestling pick'em the internet leader in sports entertainment pick'em pools join us in the ewp public pool to play against us or create a private pool with you and your friends pwp.com play against your friends play against the universe join us back oh yeah guys show like it too <laughs> Ding. join us back here next week for episode number what i don't even know i'm sorry 128 yes sir yeah join us back here next week for episode 128 at 5 p.m on all our viewing options and while you're here while you're here now, here is spelled wrong on this read, Alfred. <laughs> and while you're here now watching and listening, please make sure you like this episode and subscribe to the Eastern Observer to make sure you get updates on all our shows and news articles. It's all about the algorithm, people. Yes, indeed. Let's take a look at how we did. Uh, we all did pretty well, except for, you know, Tyler, who doesn't bother. Uh, but... The math is a little wrong on this one. I think we picked up one game, um, but uh, we're still not doing all that tremendously overall. Yeah, the Tyler in his dead weight, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. How do you end up on our team? He's not even on the show anymore. <laughs> exactly. Oh, God, Al is going to kill me. I didn't use any of the Survivor Series graphics. Oh, about they were there. Oh, no! <laughs> And I didn't go over the scoring because I'm an idiot. Well, after last week, Brian Roy is still ahead of AEW. Brian Roy is still ahead of Impact. Brian Roy is still ahead overall. He's going into this week uh, in the WWE. Brian Roy is, again, at least catchable, but still leading. And the scoring, there is no universal title match. So 15 points for Ronda's match, uh, 20 points for, and 15 points also for the US title, 20 points for the War Games matches. And if you go Hennig, you get 25. Uh, what we need pretty much is for Brian Roy to forget to make his picks. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty much going to do it for us. 
Thank you, John, for uh, taking some of those reads off of my docket. Thank you for helping me muddle on through. Yeah, sorry I wasn't able to see uh, to watch any of the AEW pay-per-view. I, I didn't. I was working that night, and I didn't have time to catch up on it. That happens. Life gets in the way. Hey, that's why we're down our uh, our fearless leader here because life gets in the way sometimes. Yep. All right, uh, Alexa Bliss, we love you. Larry, Steve, always in our hearts. That's going to do it for us. So let's just say thanks for joining us, and as always, we wish you the best in all your future endeavors. Peace. Peace.